Hey, 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 this is your girl Geneva. Thank you for joining us on Coffee Stained EDU Podcast. This is episode seven of series one. I know you guys have been tuning in to my Woman's History Month, sorry, my Woman's History Month series, which I um, released uh, an episode yesterday and I should be releasing one more tomorrow. But I wanted to jump back into my regular program (laughs) Um, of I'm just talking about um, different topics that are suggested to me by listeners um, by friends and just things that I feel are important to um, discuss like I say every episode I try to share information that anyone can um, benefit from that I hope any um anyone can benefit from again it's why my podcast is called coffee stains edu um you don't need to be in the educational field to listen to my podcast and if you are not in the educational field you're listening to this thank you you're dope um thank you for tuning in and i appreciate you a hundred percent so my goal every every episode is to uh just share some knowledge share my passion, share uh, my experiences, and hopefully my listeners can take something, one piece of, I don't know, valuable information that they deem that valuable, and apply it to their life and their practices. So um, my episode 17 is called Action Plan. And I am an administrator. I'm an assistant principal for Brooklyn um, Elementary School as a uh, most of you should know if you listen to my podcast and you follow me. Oh, let me share that, right? So the Instagram for Coffee Stains is coffee stains underscore edu, coffee stains underscore edu. The website is coffee, I don't know why I said it like that, coffeestains.org. The website is coffeestains.org. I try to keep every episode 25 minutes or or less. Sometimes it goes over a couple of minutes um, based on the material that I'm sharing at that moment. But generally, they are 25 minutes or less. Um, I am open to feedback, suggestions, anything. Um, Keep it real. Keep it 100 with me. And I always try to apply it to my future episodes. I do not edit my material. So if I uh, laugh or you hear me say, ah, or whatever <laughs> it's gonna be in there that's what it is that's exactly how I recorded the first time I want you to generally have a connection with me and really take this journey with me and generally see that this is who I am and what I share it just comes from within and um, I'm just sharing sharing um, knowledge is power and just sharing what I have with you it just brings me joy so I can ramble I can go on and on and on but um I'm going to try to keep this 25 minutes or or less. So I decided on the action plan topic for episode 17 because I have been to several professional developments and I um, have realized that there are a lot of topics and conversations around evaluations observations and having those conversations with teachers having effective conversations with teachers right and how do you follow up with that right um and i came across something in a book that i was reading recently a leadership book that i got from um 
a professional development that I went to. And it said effective observation and feedback isn't about evaluation. It's about coaching. And that really hit home. And, and I shared it on social media and a lot of administrators agreed. Right? So I just want to dissect that a little bit, break that down and talk about that. And, and, and then I'll go into what do I mean by an action plan? What does that look like? What are the steps of that? So on and so forth, right? So as an administrator, we have to observe teachers, right? We have the Danielson rubric, which we use that have um, multiple components based on um, designing coherent instruction, based on using assessments, using um discussion techniques, professional growth for the teachers, engaging the students, right? Those are some of the components of that rubric. And we have to go into classrooms and we have to observe teachers. And in New York City, if you are tenured, then you get two informal observations on paper, right? Let's clarify that on paper because an administrator can go in there anytime they want. They can give you any feedback they want, right? And that is the goal. If they're going to go into your classrooms and they're going to be there for some time, you, you should expect some type of feedback, right? Because they were in there. They might have something that they want to share with you um, on how you can improve your practices. Um, so, but on paper, through advance, you have to enter two informals for tenured teachers. If you are not tenured, you have a little bit more <laughs> and it's not fun. So I believe you have three informals, which is principal can go in whenever they want, administrator can go in whenever they want, any anytime they want, um, without notice and observe you, um, enter it into advance, have that meeting with you, yada, yada, yada. And then you have a formal, which is an actual sit down. You sit down with the principal, it's a full period. Informals are, I think, minimum 15 minutes. Um, um, formal observations are the full period and you meet with the administrator beforehand you t you know you have a post observation me I mean pre observation meeting you discuss what you're going to be um, what the lesson is going to be about what material you're going to use yada 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 that's an opportunity for the, prof the, the, the administrator to talk to you about it if there's any tweaks they want you to do they want to see whatever whatever just so that everyone's on the same page and then you have the formal observation professors in there professor I don't know why I'm saying professor administrators in there and they are observing you for the whole period then you have a post observation such as similar to the for informals and um, you go over your observation um, the feedback right so teachers are evaluated on that with using that system but you know we can talk about the feedback that you get during these meetings. Um, you know, there's a section where you can give next steps. Um, you can provide tools, support to these teachers, depending on, you know, uh, the feedback that you give. You might want to schedule an inter-visitation where they go visit another classroom. You might want the coach to uh, model a lesson. If you have co a coach in your class, I mean, your school, you might want them to um, attend a professional development. There's numerous things. There's numerous ways you can support this teacher based on the feedback they received from the observation. Okay, there should be something in there, right? We all know we are lifelong learners. We also have to accept that um, that there's always something we can improve in in our instructional practices. Just as there's something we can improve in as administrators, right? You have to embrace that lifelong mindset. 
because you do not know everything. You have to be willing to learn to improve because remember when you are better at what you do, you are more, you are an effective teacher and your students are getting what they need and they are um, succeeding academically, right? So we all know everyone, everyone's has a role in child, a, a child's success and achievement in the classroom. So you need to be open to changing, okay? Not every teacher is, and it's unfortunate that you do come across teachers that feel that they know it all, they, there's nothing they need to learn, they get very defensive about the feedback they get. And again, it, it can many factors can play into that. It can be um, just who they are as a person. It could be that they don't agree with your feedback. It might be that you didn't give a, um, a so solid evidence or proof for the feedback. And, um, you know, and, and again, like I said, it's all about how you present it as well. You know, I've had many situa situations where I um, I had to give um, developings or ineffectives to teachers, but I always make sure that I'm giving enough evidence and proof. I'm pulling it ex like right out of the lesson, word for word, what teacher said, what student said, um, when I'm giving my feedback. That way, there's not enough room, there's no room for, for, for pushback because I'm giving you my evidence. And, and, and even if you give me pushback, which I welcome, um, because if you are a teacher and you feel that you did do something in the classroom and I possibly didn't see it or I, um, I possibly saw it but didn't really um, mention it in the observation, right? Or... Maybe I forgot to write it down in my notes, right? You never know. Anything can happen when a split minute. You can be in an observation and you can start talking to a student in the class. You can start asking them what's happening. You could, you could look away for a second and you could miss something very important within that lesson, right? It happens. We are human. We are normal. Um, we make mistakes. We are flawed. I don't know why I said normal. So scratch that. <laughs> scratch that. I guess that's the part that would be deleted or edited out if I was editing my material, but I don't do that. So I said scratch that. Um, <laughs> backspace, delete, delete. Now, let me stop. Um, again, I can go off. But um, we are human. We are flawed. So, yeah, there might be things that we miss. And, again, I am an administrator that I accept, that I am still learning, that I'm still growing, and that if you are a teacher in front of me and I'm giving you a rating that you do not agree on, then bring it on. Challenge me. Bring forward what you feel warrants a change in that rating okay and I tell that to teachers I so I tell them like when we go over the observations hey this is you know we're gonna go over the observation I'm gonna read um, to you my my um, my evidence what I saw word for word I gave a lot of examples whatever whatever go over and if you have any questions or concerns about it let's discuss it this is it's a conversation it's a it's a um it's a dialogue it's not a monologue right so i want you to talk i want i want to understand what you're trying to say i want to see what evidence you're presenting if you don't agree with my rating and i'm all for that and there has been times where i changed my rating based on the conversation i had with teachers right based on what they showed me based on me going back into my notes and saying "Ooh, you know what i i apologize i made a mistake that did happen. I do recall that now, right? So we are all human, and this is why we have these conversations with, you know, during these during these um, post meetings to discuss that. Okay, 
So an effective observation is only it is and feedback is not just about the evaluation, but it's about the coaching. How are you coaching those teachers, right? If a teacher gets in three B, which um, 3B is, I believe, using um, questioning and discussion techniques. Let me pull that up to confirm because I don't want to be saying something that's incorrect. 3C is engaging students. 3B is, boom, using questioning and discussion techniques. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> um, so with as many observations as I write, I should know it, right? I should, like with my eyes closed. But 3B is using questioning and discussion techniques, right? So... If I give a teacher a developing, you know, for example, it says here, um, the teacher's questions lead students through a single path of inquiry with questions seemingly determined in advance, right? So for example, that's developing. The teacher's not, op you know, posing any questions that promote student thinking or understanding, right? So they would have got effective if that's what their questioning did, but it didn't, so they got the developing. All right, so I'm not going to just sit there and let the teacher know, boom, this is what I saw, this is not what I did not see, this is what I want to see, or this is a suggestion, and then I'm just gonna leave it at that, right? So what I decided to start doing was creating action plans because I am a coach, I'm an instructional leader. I'm an assistant principal, but I am an instructional leader under that umbrella, under the principal, um, assistant principal umbrella, I am an instructional leader. I am there to support teachers, I'm, help I'm there to help teachers grow and become effective teachers because again, if teachers are the students are learning, our students are succeeding, the students are getting to where they need to be for the next grade, yada, 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 you know the deal. So I need to be able to coach my teachers. I cannot just give them an observation with evaluations and, and feedback and then just leave it at that and say, hey, there you go, right? That's not an instruction, instructional leader. That is not providing support to your staff. That is not helping students succeed, right? So we have to think about that. When you become a school leader, you are deciding that you're plan you, you are leading and you're putting your all and all your effort into helping these teachers become effective, confident educators, okay? You're gonna give them the tools to become confident in their practices. You're gonna give them the tools to become effective teachers and so that the, t so the students are, are learning, they're engaged, they're being challenged, they're getting prepared for the next grade. So we need to coach. We are coaches. We need to coach our teachers. So I started putting action plans in place. And action plans are effective. Action plans hold teachers accountable, okay? And action plans can be used not only in the educational system, you can use it across the board. If you work at McDonald's and you are struggling with a coworker because, I mean, an employee because they're coming in late or they're not being tidy or they're not a team player, you can put an action plan in place. And I'm gonna discuss the different components of the action plans, the action plan that I use. And I'm sure there's different, different formats and different plans that you can use, but this is my format. And maybe if you like to use it, I can share it with you. I'll actually share a template on my um, website, the coffeestain.org website. So action plan holds a, a teacher accountable, also holds the administrator accountable, right? Both parties are signing this action plan once it's created. The action plan is created with both parties, the administrator and the teacher. If it's co-teaching, then it's two teachers, right? Um, you might want to do, uh, you know, if it's co-teachers, you might want to do a plan together. You might want to look at those teachers individually and create individual plans, whatever your, the needs are of your staff. But I feel the action plans are important. You do these observations, you do the advanced reports, you're giving them next steps. How are you following up? How are you, how are you making sure that they're implementing 
I don't know why I said it like that. How are you making sure they're implementing the suggestions that you provided, right? How do you know that they really do know how to carry out or execute this? How do you know they do know how to implement it? You're telling them, hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to use higher order thinking questions. I need you to differentiate. I need you to scaffold. I need you to implement wait time. I need you to, to focus um, uh, increase instructional time by decreasing you know, the distractions or decreasing um, the transition time right? by using a timer. You can tell them all these things, but if you are not holding them accountable, if you're not checking in to make sure that they're implementing these things, you're going to continue with the same observation feedback over and over again. It's going to be this cycle. The teachers are not growing. They're not learning. The students are not getting to a better place. They're not being challenged, right? They're struggling. They're falling behind all because you are not following up with the feedback that you are giving. You are not coaching your staff, okay? So the action plan that I started implementing includes an objective column, a task column, success criteria, a time frame, and the resources needed. So, for an example, I have a template here. The first column is going to be an objective. I'm going to look at the observation from advance. And if there's any areas that are in developing or ineffective or effective, but like it, it could be developing. Um, could have been developing because, but because of one thing, it became effective. Still, they can work on that, right? Creating an uh, creating an action plan should be something that is realistic and can actually be executed, right? So when I say that, I mean like, if, so for example, if you look at an observation that has uh, more than two or three developments, you're not gonna get, make one action plan for all of that. It's not realistic, right? It's gonna be a lot, it's gonna be a lot more pressure, a lot work, more work for the teacher and for you. So we need to be realistic. We want this to really be effective and beneficial to all parties, teacher, you, and the students. You need to make sure that it's something that can actually happen, right? So you want to focus on one or two objectives at a time per an action plan. Yes, there might be multiple action plans based on the, the teacher's you know, needs and the supports needed. So here, for example, I just focused on um, 1E, designing coherent instruction, and 3B, using questioning and discussion techniques. If you look at a, a look at the Danielson rubric and you look at the components, a lot of them intertwine, they overlap, right? So if you are focusing on designing coherent instruction, then that means that you are preparing already those questions because you're, you already know that that's required in order to check off the box of coherent instruction, right? So a lot of them intertwine, or like 3B and 3D, right? 3B is using questioning and discussion techniques. 3D is using assessments and instruction. So those overlap as well. Uh, 1E and 1, what's the other one? 1E is designing coherent instruction. The other one is knowledge of the pedagog um, pedagogy, right? So that is... Um, 1E and... 1A, demonstrating knowledge of the content, right? So you, if you are going to be using, you know, the same, from the same numbers, like components 1, 1E, 1, you know, 1A, 
they they can overlap. If you have from multiple places, like one, two, three, you might wanna break that up into several action plans because it can be overwhelming. So for example, this one here is two. Um, it's a template and it has designing coherent instruction. So that is the objective. So the goal is for that, per for that adult, their objective for this action plan is to design coherent instruction. So now you wanna talk about the task. What do they need to do to achieve this objective? What does the teacher need to do in her planning to design coherent, to design coherent instruction? How is she gonna achieve that, right? So you wanna use, you wanna make sure you have the Danielson rubric ha handy because you want to look at the Danielson rubric and what are the criterias for, I'm trying to find this so I can um, share some for you, planning and preparing, right? So those one of the domains is planning, preparing. Um, and one E is designing coherent instruction. So what are some of the indicators? The lesson, lessons that support instructional outcomes, right? Um, instructional maps that indicate relationships to prior learning. Opportunities for student choice. Ac activities that present higher level thinking. Structured lesson plans. Thoughtful planned learning groups, right? So these are the indicators that are gonna show that this teacher designs coherent instruction. So what might they possibly do in order to achieve this goal, to achieve the objective, right? So the activities that they plan are aligned to the, act, the lesson's outcome. So the lesson outcome would be the lesson objective, right? The lesson objective is gonna tell you exactly what you want those students to get out of that lesson. Sometimes people do backward design, backwards planning. So they plan all the activities, they plan all those, the things that the students are gonna do within the lesson, and then if that's gonna help them determine what is that, that learning objective, right? So you wanna also make sure that you're providing enough material and resources for the students to be able to complete the task that you gave them, the activities, right? So if students are working on math and they're working on um, you know, let's talk counting by hundreds or something like that, right? What tools might they possibly need um, to count by a hundred, right? They might need a number line. They might need um, a hundred, a hundreds chart. They, you know, they might need me need some manipulatives. They might need some visuals, right? If they're they're completing a math exam, I mean math problem where they have to count by a hundred, right? There's a hundred, you know someone is reading they need to figure out how many days it's going to take for someone to read x amount of pages in a book right 500 pages in a book and they're counting by 100 they're reading 100 pages a day or something like that right what tools do they need so you got to think about the material and the resources that are going to be needed to complete the task you also want to make sure that the kids are grouped according to their levels and their knowledge and within those groups is there differentiation is there differentiated materials? Is there scaffolding, right? Um, there, there are many things you can do to design that, you know, design coherent instruction. But if you know what your outcome is for that lesson, it will help you create the activities and the skills. Because then that's how you're gonna determine, did the child master that goal, that objective, 
or do we need to revisit because they struggled, right? And did they struggle because of their own abilities or did they struggle because you didn't provide them the support that they needed, right? And that's where the assessments come into place. So the action plan, well, that's the task. So what are you going to do to meet that objective? Then how are you going to identify that success? That is the next column, the success criteria. How are, you going to how are you going to assess that? And how do you assess anything? Observation, data collection, conferencing, right? You're going to probably see um, students uh, mastering the, the skill, um, students asking questions about it, right? You're going to see progress. Those are different ways you can assess that. Then I'm gonna implement a time frame because we want this to be real. They want this to be realistic. We're gonna hold you accountable. I'm holding you accountable as an educator. And I'm holding myself accountable as an administrator that I'm gonna make sure that I'm coming into there, into your classroom to, to give you the appropriate feedback based on what you implemented, based on the tasks that you are working on, okay? So the time frame that I do, I break it down into three parts. The implementation date, admin follow-up date, and the feedback date. So before we sign the action plan, you're telling me, and we're talking about it, when are you going to implement this, okay? So I'll ask, when do you think you can implement this? Teachers seem confused, they seem not sure. Okay, so I'm gonna say you can probably start implementing this tomorrow. Um, even if it's today and it's early, like I had this meeting early, I'll say, you know, try to try it today. Try it. Try it next period. Try the following period. See how it works. You know, because you're on the right track. You just, you haven't got, you know, you haven't perfected it yet. So try it. Try it and see how it goes. But I'm going to give you until, say, for example, this meeting is taking place on a Monday. I'm going to give you until Wednesday to implement this across content. Okay. Um, I'm going to follow up with you maybe on Wednesday or Thursday. Follow-up means I'm going to go into your classroom, okay? And because you got this observation um, during a math lesson, I'm going to come in during a math lesson on Wednesday, and I, and I expect to see everything we discussed in this action plan, right? I want to see evidence of, this, of, the, of the coherent instruction you designed. And, and what am I going to see? What am I going to look for? I'm going to see the differentiated material for your groups. I'm going to see the manipulatives. I'm going to see the scaffolding. I want to, I want to see that there's a lot of time for each activity, right? Students are being challenged and the, the activities are aligned to what the learning objective is, right? So I'm letting them know exactly what I want to see when I go in, inside. It's going to be the action plan. I'm going to walk in with that action plan and I'm going to be using that as a guide when I'm taking my notes for the feedback that I'm gonna give you. And then I'm gonna give a feedback date. All right, well, I'll go in Wednesday and I'll put in a, I'll put in a meeting so we could discuss it on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? The goal is for an action plan to take place within a week. You want it to be fresh, you want it to be current, and you wanna be on top of it. You wanna be consistent and persistent with it because you want this to take place. These are issues that are occurring in the classroom. These are areas where teachers are struggling. This is the area where the students are struggling or they're not getting the academic um, the academic instruction that they, they need because the teachers don't know how to provide that, right? So the action plan needs to happen in a short time frame. That way the students are getting what they need, right? So. 
I try to that whole the whole implementation day admin follow up and the feedback is all within one week course things happen sometimes the feedback comes a little later but I might give you the verbal feedback but I want my goal is to always sit down with the teacher and make sure I give them that feedback with deep specific details then we are going to create another action plan based on what I saw so if we said the task was what they needed to do to achieve it was adding um, differentiating material within small groups and using data to provide specific to provide specific individual support all right well I saw a little bit of differentiation um, but it wasn't enough I feel like with the groups you have and the students you have you might be able to differentiate a little more and this is how you're going to do it and then that's gonna be another action plan Okay, so we're gonna continue this process until the teacher is very comfortable and confident with what they're doing, implementing everything. Continue until this teacher has an effective and designing coherent instruction and continuously providing that feedback and that follow-up and letting them know that you're there to support them in this way and to help them improve their practices. You also wanna make sure that they got the resources and the material they need, right? Sometimes teachers do not provide differentiated material, scaffolded material, or they don't have a timer to use for, you know, for transition or this or that. They might not have the resources and tools that they need to complete this task. So we have to ask them that. We have to be realistic, right? And that is part of the action plan. The last column is, what resources do you need for this, okay? Sometimes a teacher might say, you know, I, I, can I have someone come in and model? Can you model it for me? Oh, can I go see this teacher? Because I heard that they, you know, they are very confident and comfortable and they, they do great work with this topic or this unit. Yes, then that is a visitation. That is um, modeling. That's still providing the support that this teacher needs in order to um, get this component off their action plan and then move forward and, and becoming effective. Okay, so action plans are very valuable tools. They're very effective if they're used appropriately, if they're used correctly. And I feel that having those conversations with your teachers about their observations and providing feedback would not be so uncomfortable or, or build up so much tension when you are um, letting them know that you're here to coach them. When you're making a connection with them on a personal level, level, right? You know, I'm a second year administrator, so I, you know, I have that advantage. And even if you're 30, you're 30 years in as an administrator, I feel like you should still always remember or make connections with your teachers based on your teaching experiences, you know? And I always use that as an experience, as, a, as an example, to build those connections with my teachers, to let them know that I'm human just like them, that I was in their, in their shoes at one point. And I let them know I'm trying to be the administrator that I didn't have, that, that, that I um, wish I had when I was a teacher. So I'm not here to catch you doing, I'm, I don't got a gotcha mentality, you know? I'm here to help you grow, I'm here. I'm here. And, and I have these conversations, these heart-to-hearts with these teachers with my teachers and you know it, it helps build this trust and this relationship where they know like I can turn to yes you are my administrator you know like yes you you observe me and you supervise me um, but you do have my best interest at heart you have the kids best interest at heart and um, they will be a little the teachers will you know become a little more confident a little bit at ease I come into classrooms and they're not so nervous there's you know the tension is not there anymore because they know that I'm in there for the right reason I'm not in there to catch them doing something they're not supposed to do I'm there to help them and guide them to become effective teachers and I feel like 
it's all about your language and how you approach teachers with that as well. And when you're giving them this feedback um, and you're going over these observations and you know that you, you're going to give them a developing, you know, start with your glows. Start with your glows. We always learn that your glows and grows. If you start with your glows, you start with something positive, it's easier to go into something where, um, and it teaches a little bit, people are a little bit more receptive to listening to the negative when you start with the positive. It's just a natural, it's a, it's, it's, it's a human thing, right? Um, we're a little bit more open to listening to um, feedback or criticism or areas that need growth when we they started off with a compliment, right? So always try to sprinkle these conversations with compliments. Always try to sprinkle it with you, you know, with the good things you've seen that they're doing. Let them know that you know, you see the potential and that you're just there to help them become effective for the students. And I feel like if you, if you um, premise your conversation like that, it will definitely help you go into those developing, those unaccountable conversations about their, their ratings. And, and then, you're not leaving it just like that. You're not just throwing some, you know, salt on a wound. And you're just like, all right, get out of here now. Like you, you were crappy in teaching or you did this. You got to develop it. Now go on and, and implement what I told you. No, you're literally showing them through an action plan that, hey, I get it. You are almost, you're not there yet. You're almost there, but I'm here every step of the way. And I'm going to help you get to where you need to be, to be that confident educator to be that effective educator. And how am I gonna do that? With this action plan. We're gonna work together as a team and I'm gonna help you get to where you need to be. And that right there, my friend, is, is, is an effective way to lead. It's an effective way to approach teachers. It's an effective way to build, to gain their trust and to build relationships with your team and get everyone on board. And, 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 and this works for seasoned teachers. I know people are trying to question, oh, how about the seasoned teachers? How about teachers that are older you? How about teachers that have been in the game longer? Yeah, I know. Challenge accepted, boo-boo. I have given action plans. I have worked on action plans with seasoned teachers, with new teachers, with all types of teachers. And it's all about how you communicate it and how you talk to them and how you build those relationships. They're receptive to it. They are receptive to it if you come to them with the right approach, the right tone, and the right language, okay? So I'm gonna wrap it up there, that's 34 minutes. And I hope this was helpful for you, regardless of what field you, you, live, you live in, <laughs> you work in. And um, again, I'm open to feedback, suggestions, and I just wanna say thank you again for tuning in, listening to Coffee Stains EDU Podcasts. This is your host, Geneva Rodriguez. Again, you can find me on Instagram, coffeestains underscore edu. My website is coffeestainsorg. You can listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. I am going to post the template that I use, my action plan template. If you have any um, questions about creating the action plan, you can hit me up on my email, GenevaRodriguez30 at gmail.com. And I challenge you today in whatever role you play in life, in whatever position you have in life, I challenge you to think about how you talk to people. Think about using a glow before a grow. Because no matter what position you are in, 
in your job or at home we all there's always conversations we're going to have with people where we want to um tell them something that they might need improvement or something that you're not happy with um something you ask you want them to change or whatever and it's always received um in a positive light when you start with a glow giving them something positive complimenting them saying something good about what they did or what they do or what you acknowledge about who they are so that is my challenge for you this episode and i'm gonna wrap it up there so thank you thank you and take care